Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. This is the Missouri Woods and Water I forgot, Podcast. I forgot what we were doing. Gotcha. You just Mike just is gone. here and he didn't start talking. I didn't know what happened. Yeah, Mike is. It's this is weird. Mike is actually sitting right next to us, but me and Andy are only doing the the show because Micah just showed up an hour and a half later. He had a good reason. So we have the intro after the show. Yeah, we're recording get, the intro yeah, for time purposes. So Mike is sitting there just watching us right now, judging. It's a little awkward. Judging. <laughs> He was doing his community service. He was. He, he took the the family out. The daughter not legally uh, well, mandated. Not mandated. <laughs> not, not legally obligated. He was doing community service on his own. They were uh, doing the the salvation bell ringing for yeah for Christmas stuff. So he's a better person than both of us. Absolutely. How you doing that? Um, let's talk about today's show. It's a good show. Great it was show. a good show. I I was looking forward to it. Um, we had John Hudspeth on with the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I say this in in the beginning of the show with him too, but John, just a quick rundown, actually had a really unfortunate hunting trip to Colorado recently where he had his truck. Don't ruin it. Okay. It sucked for him. It's a bad, bad experience. Um, If you haven't heard the show or the show already, he actually talks about it last week in his show. So go go to his show and listen to it as well. Um, Probably has a little bit, you know, it's a little fresher when he did it there, so probably a little more Some details. More emotion. I imagine a little more. Yeah, emotion. he was by himself in the the yeah. show, so he just he was just talking. Yep. And it, it's good. It was a really good show, dude. He's he yeah he manages it better than I I think because I would have been so yeah yeah agree. So that's the show we're talking about today with John is his um, crappy Colorado trip. Can I do that that way? Yeah. All right. And how it turned positive, kind of. It did turn positive. There's silver lining. Silver I can't lines. decide what I'm going to name this episode yet. I kind of feel like I want to go with that quote, without evil, we would never recognize good. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do that. I don't know. Or there's silver lining. I suck at show titles, just so you know. Yeah. But anyways, let's jump into our uh, partners before the show starts today. First off, we got River's Edge Tree Stands. Use the code Missouri10 for 10% off, plus free shipping on any hang-ons or ladders, which is even a bigger discount um, when you think about that. Season's winding up in Missouri, but it's not too late to do Start a little running gunning. No, and yeah, there's still a month left of uh, late bow season here. Yeah, yeah, we're recording this on December 16th, so 
three weeks probably by the time people hear this yeah. left. Uh, I'm not done totally, but I have uh, – Time's running out. I don't – there's nothing showing up anywhere, so yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I I might just, you know, go to the Sawn Dogs. I don't know. but It's possible. Uh, next next up, you pick next. Uh, Cuddyback. Cuddyback game cameras. So you've, you've made a switch here. I mean, we're still running our cameras, but uh, yeah. you kind of – playing some Hail Marys here recently. I've moved two different systems around. Um, got some permission on some property. Me and Mike actually got some permission on some property of the last week or two. And um want to say thank you to the guy that did it for us. I'm not going to name his name, but uh, thank you for that. And we moved those systems over there hoping to catch something mm-hmm. uh, in those areas. So far, nothing. That's why that but, system works so good is because you can do some in-time scouting. I mean, since it is a cell system, you have multiple yep. in that area. You can get gather the most amount of information the quickest, you yep. know, fast as possible. Yeah, like I didn't need to go out and buy five cell cams. I even if you like, I just moved my system, right? Which was you know three cameras that I had. I just moved them mm-hmm. and still got the same cell system and one cell plan. Yep. So check them out, uh, cuttybackdigital.com, Midwest Gunworks. They just got done with their really cool Black Friday sale. Hopefully, everybody who bought something got a better uh, gift card than I got. I got the t- one of the $10 ones. Did I you? bought something that day. Which is still worth 10 bucks. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. Better than nothing. But better I was kind of hoping for the $500 one. Yeah. wonder who won that one. I don't know. We should ask our buddy there if anybody's, if anybody's claimed that it yet. one yet. So anyway, with Midwest Gunworks, check them out. Use the code in MWW5 for 5% off. When you get some cool gun stuff, you also need some ridiculously good optics. Might as well top it off with some good glass, right? And that's where you go to Athlon. Athlon optics. Ridiculous. Dude, they I already have, said it. Yeah, but that was either, they have, dang it, I wish I had it pulled up. On their new apparel. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, a, a I don't know. I, I It was catchy. It's not going to be worth looking it up and repeating it, but there some really cool catchy uh Apparel they just came out with new apparel. Yeah, I need to I need to try but, to get uh, some of that. But I, I'm planning on upgrading um, my Coyote Optics here on my my 243. And by upgrading, I mean downgrading. I have too big of a zoom on it. <laughs> my eight by 32 might be a little excessive, so I'm going to back it off. They have a four and a half by 27. <laughs> back it off. <laughs> he says back it off. He 27 power. Right? So I think uh, I'm going to go to that. Yeah. But, uh, you're almost there now. Scroll down. Which one is it? The one with the circle on the right. There's three of them. Mountain logo. Or maybe, I think it's that one. Can you zoom in? It says ridiculously good optics. Sharp, tight, tight and priced and price just, just, right. just right. I feel like that's catchy. Sharp, tight, and priced just right. That's pretty um, good. It's better than ridiculously good optics because I can at least enunciate those three. <laughs> you can make it through it. Ridiculously good optics. I can't do it. So, um, yeah, check them out, athletoptics.com. Um, if you're searching for a dealer and haven't found one yet, you yep. can always get a hold of us. We got some dealers we like, um, one of them being you. Explicit Outdoors. Uh, his name's Bunger. Jesse Bunger. Check him out anytime on those. Um, and there's some other awesome dealers out there, too. Who else we got here? Onyx Maps. Use the code MWW20 for 20% off. Uh, you have to go to the onxmaps.com to do that. But, man, I mean, it's a it's a great app. I've been using it a lot lately because of these new mm-hmm. properties I was able to to use for the rest of the year here. And, you know. Well, and this time of year we start using it a lot, too, in our coyote hunts. I mean, it's got 
as much land information as you can as you want. It's got landowner information. Uh, if you're trying to get permission on stuff, you kind of know who to contact right. at least. Um, but yeah, check it out. Like you said, MWW twenty twenty percent off. Um, camo fire. I'm as not always, gonna get on it. Don't get on it. I won't, I won't promise. But because uh, it won't be the same by the time download you download the app. But flash sales for all types of hunting gear. And then after that, you can move on over to the sister company. Black Ovis, which, which I just got um, some heated socks. I'm still waiting on yeah, them. Yeah, how are those? I, I haven't got them yet, but I'm still waiting on them. Um, and I'm excited. They sell that type of stuff. They're just like an online retailer. So use the code MWW10 for 10% off on blackovis.com. And then lastly. Ranked hunting apparel. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, Lucky Buck Mineral. It's about time. If you think about it, you can start kind of. Take an inventory, get some I'm, some fresh stuff out. I'm kind if you're of done hunting, to try to take inventory at my place, just wants to get some stuff out, and I want to use that freak factor. And that's what I was just going to say. I kind of want to try that out. Yep. But if we do it, we're done hunting and in those spots. Right, because right, in Missouri, obviously, yeah. you can't bait. But I'm because that's one you, you can mix with like a little corn supplement, right? So what what's cool about freak factor is freak freak factor could be saying this wrong, but this is what I remember um, Dave saying about it has salt in it, right? So the deer won't overeat the feed mm-hmm. because it satiates them. Basically, they get full or they feel full. Right. So you know, like deer can actually overeat corn. It's not good for them to just eat, eat, eat. Just eat, like a eat human corn. on an open buffet. Yeah. I mean, you go flounder yourself. And so what's cool about Freak Factor is it's got salt in it, so that it kind of it gives them mineral too, and then it keeps them from eating too much of it. Keeps them healthy. Yeah. And I don't healthy know about diet. other animals if freaking raccoons will stay off of it or whatever. I don't know, but I guess we're gonna find out this yeah. winter. So check them out, LuckyBuckMineral.com. Thanks to our sponsors. Um, And let's get into the show with John. Yeah, let's talk to John. This is Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight, we've got fellow podcaster on the network uh, with Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast, John Hudspeth. John, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. It's funny. You just counted down, and I was about to start my own intro, just out of out of habit. I was about to go for it, so I'm glad you spoke up. Uh, I'll try not to do that in, in again. This is your show. I'll try not to butt in. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you do the countdown thing, too? I do. I do. I always do the three, two, one, wait for, you know, just a second and then go into it. You got to, you got to give yourself that lead up time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when I, if you decide to take over, we can fire Nate. It'll be fine. Yeah. I don't think it'll, anybody will miss me. That's for sure. <laughs> so bef- before, well, actually let's let John introduce himself first. Um, tell everybody who you are, where you're from and a little bit about your show. Um, if some of our listeners haven't uh, heard about yours. Okay. Uh, What's up? My name is John Hudspeth. Uh, I started the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast about two years ago now, almost exactly two years ago. So I've been running that, been enjoying it. Um, It's been a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of people through it, talk to a lot of experts and and just common folks. And so I enjoy every aspect of it. Uh, I was actually raised in North Texas, just like right on the Red River. So the Red River divides Texas and Oklahoma. And I've pretty much lived within like 40 miles of that Red River on one side or the other my entire life, except for college. I actually ran off to the University of Idaho for, for college because uh had nothing to do with education, everything to do with hunting. 
Uh, <laughs> I was just always an outdoorsy type person. And so, He's a so ran up there for school and then came back. Yeah, came back here. Um, I was actually working for my dad's company uh, after I graduated from college. And uh, it just so happened that most of our work was going on in Oklahoma. Um, growing up, I had, I had done, even though I lived in Texas, I was doing most of my hunting in Oklahoma because that's where my grandpa uh, had his farm and everything. And then when my brother got out of the military, he decided he wanted to come back home and get back into cattle ranching, which is something we had done uh, when you know growing up. And so, yeah, he kind of drug me along with it. And so I quit working for my dad's company and started ranching uh, with my dad and brother. And then about two, yeah, about the same time I started this podcast, two and a half years ago or something, uh, I realized for my sake and my uh, dad and brother's sake that I needed to not work with them anymore. <laughs> and so I now work for a, a home builder, now work for a home builder um, and and just loving it. So uh, awesome. uh, this year, my wife and I had our first child. I got a little uh, five-month-old baby girl here at home. You can see the crib in the, in the corner back there. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Hey, and what I like is you were smart enough to, you know, know your relationship with your dad and brother to to, you know, continue to stay close with them instead of, you know, whatever might have happened with work. And this is where we get the chance to shamelessly plug. We're really good at killing coyotes. Yeah. So whenever you need us to, we'll come <laughs> we'll come to Oklahoma. And did you see John's post today about hogs? I don't know if we're gotcha. really good at it. We just really like doing. We it. like, yeah. Maybe I should have said that. We we really like yeah. hunting coyotes. Yeah. And uh, what's yeah. what's the deal with gotcha. all the hogs? You you gotcha. made a you made a social media post about hogs uh, yesterday or today. I can't remember when. Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we could do a whole other hog uh, podcast on that. I, I, I say that it, I, it's a thing for me growing up around them. I think I I killed my. My first one, 15, I think. And uh, I actually kept track for a while, like how many, because when I first started doing it, it was still fun and cool to me. Um, but around like 70 something, I lost track. And I mean, I've, you know, I've killed at least that since I lost track. Okay. So we had some technical difficulties. So when you listen back to this show, um, you're going to hear about four minutes of John sounding one way and then some, some stuff that I'll edit out. And then John's going to sound a little differently the rest of the show, but that's how the podcast game works. So we were talking about hogs, um, and uh, that's when we kind of had started having issues. So, yeah, uh, that's just crazy because, like, where we are at in Missouri, we don't have hogs yet. up here yet. Yeah. They're, they're so, they're correct correct me if I'm wrong. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they make hog hunting in Missouri illegal to try to, like, make it to where people didn't bring them in or something? So it's illegal on public, public. land, if I'm not mistaken, because MDC – had a big plan to trap them and relocate them. Uh, but to be gotcha. truthful with you, like, like from people I've talked to, like the traps necessarily weren't big enough. So there for a while, I think they've kind of solved some of this problem, but you know, they would ha get these traps and the doors would shut, but it wouldn't catch them all. And they would scatter right. them. And like the hogs would scatter. Well, it was making it worse because they would separate them mm -hmm. and then they would breed yeah. more and they were creating more mm -hmm. pods Instead of keeping yeah. them, yeah. So I think they started making bigger yeah. traps and finally started getting that under control a little bit. But uh, no, mm -hmm. Southern Missouri, uh, definitely an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was starting to say for, you know, for I'm sure a lot of you guys, and, you know, I, I have friends from Idaho and other states and stuff, and 
yeah, man, it's it's so funny because they're all like, yeah, I want to come kill hogs, and I'm like, man, take them. Like, I'm so <laughs> sick of they make they make the deer hunting so much more difficult. Like, I like I won't even try plant corn in a food plot. It's it's just hopeless because mm. the hogs are going to come tear it up. Yeah, see that's and so. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we have gun, will travel. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Whereabouts in Oklahoma are you? Uh, very, the very southeastern corner, so okay, right okay. along the Red yeah. River, uh, pretty close to Arkansas. So uh, I don't know when this is going to drop. Uh, I think we have a meeting coming with uh, everybody on like Monday-ish, and yeah. there may be an announcement for the spring, okay. just a little tease there. So. There you go. <laughs> this will drop the day after our meeting, so, yeah. so there you go. Okay. But, yeah, right. well, I was just curious. Uh, my grandpa or my family is originally from the Salina, Oklahoma area, or the prior okay. Oklahoma area. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, kicked yeah, him out. We, we got kicked out. Yeah. yeah. My, my grandmother kicked him out when she, when he fell in love with her, I think <laughs> is more than anything, <laughs> but, oh. um, <laughs> awesome. So t- today's show we're going to talk about, and if you haven't listened to it yet, by the way, you need to get on John's show, Oklahoma outdoors. Um, you can find it on its standalone feed, or you can hop on sportsman's, uh, empire network as well. Um, and listen to his show that he just did about this. Um, I listened to the show, and that's why I asked John if he wanted to come on. That and some other reasons after you know listening to the show too. And so um, we're going to make him relive it. But if if our listeners have not listened to it yet, I would suggest you go listen to it. But John had about the worst elk hunting trip. We, you know, we've had some bad trips. We call them. We call them bad, right? Right. We've had truck issues. We've been stranded in places. Denver, one of them. Yep. Um, but <laughs> I won't run his story, but I would have offered mine up at, <laughs> at that, that time. You might but, have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we, you know, we've had some bad trips. We call them bad trips because maybe they weren't successful killing an elk or we had truck troubles or whatever happened. But I don't think any of our bad trips out there going to match up holds a candle to what happened to you. And it wasn't just the first thing that happened to you, which is probably the worst. It was then, you know, the the rest of it so um mm-hmm. tell us about like and you hadn't been elk, elk hunting in a long time before that correct correct it had been a couple years so yeah I'll, I'll take you back to the beginning real quick very briefly so I, I mentioned earlier i went to school in idaho you know mostly for hunting um and that was uh i graduated high school in 2008 um so i went up there uh, again growing up you know hunting all private land I'd never, I'd never even stepped put foot on public land. I don't think um, it was before Onyx was a thing. So you know, I went up there just a complete, you know, <laughs> uh, uneducated rookie. Um, the whole public thing was very intimidating. Um, so I mean, I, I got out. I, I you know had some people kind of help me along, but I would pretty much only hunt places that like somebody had taken me to because I was just right. so. Um, it is. It's intimidating. intimidating. It is. I, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was so intimidated. Um, so did a decent amount of hunting, but I never got one. Um, I, I rifle hunted, I think, for two years. Switched to bow after that. Um, I've had so many close encounters. I mean, I've I've called bulls into like 60 yards, you know, just out of bow range. Um, the very the very first day I ever elk hunted, um, I had a bull, a nice six by six bull at like 150 yards with a rifle but he was like right on that line of public and private. And I just didn't feel comfortable shooting in him. And I think that's why I'm cursed to this day because I didn't <laughs> kill that bull. Um, so, uh, but before I graduated from Idaho, I made the best decision of my life. I bought a lifetime license 
And oh. so I've gone back up to Idaho, I think three times since I graduated. Um, but me and my buddies that I usually go with, you know, we've all kind of started having kids and it's just getting harder to go. So, uh, so I've done a decent amount of elk hunting. I just haven't gotten one and that's kind of where this trip came along. So, hey, um, I actually went, we're three peas in a pod, aren't we? I say he fits really <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so my buddy, Nathan Jasper, he's one of my Idaho buddies. Um, we found this hunt. It's a, it was a semi guided hunt. So basically this guy has a lodge right on the edge of national forest. We booked it in 2021, August of 2021. And we got the last two spots that he had. And so we were actually trying to go for third season. He was sold out of that hunt. That's how we wound up going in fourth season. So the latest elk hunt week of Thanksgiving. So that's kind of how the trip came about. You know, we were trying to do something, you know, we were like the last, the last trip we went on in Idaho, just kind of the word is out on Idaho. There were so many hunters, um, you know, the pressure's getting crazy and we're like, Hey, let's do ourselves a favor. Let's kind of, you know, like I said, the the guy wouldn't actually go out with us, but he kind of had spots on the map. He would point out, you know, spots that have been good in the past. Uh, we decided to do a rifle hunt instead of archery. So we thought we were kind of, you know, stocking, stocking the, stacking the cards in our deck. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of how the, the hunt came about. Um, of course, in that time, my wife and I got pregnant and we had our baby in uh, July. Uh, but my, my wife is amazing. And she said, Hey, like, you know, I still want you to go on this hunt. So, um, so leading up to the hunt, um, I wouldn't there. say there was pressure or anything. <laughs> yeah. When was Cameron yeah. born again? He was six weeks old when I went last year. So was he born in July oh, too? Yeah. That's what July I thought. I, first. Yeah. I thought it was, yeah. Uh, similar. I'm yeah. like, man, it was either July or like really early August. One of the two. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was about four months. When I Actually, you've trip, done that to so. your wife twice. <laughs> <laughs> two Pete. I have two babies born in July and my wife, uh, let me go hunting at the end of August, early September, uh, both archery times. Hunting both mm-hmm. times. Yeah. So she's a saint. Yep. Mm. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, that was kind of the setup. Oh, my computer went dark. Sorry. Can't see oh, you're me. Good. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the setup. And so as you can imagine, I was stoked out of my mind for this hunt. Um, and I really, I didn't have to buy that much gear because I, you know, I'd done a decent amount of elk hunting in the past. Um, I'd never done such a late season, you know, again, most of my elk hunting was archery early season. So I did, I bought some, you know, warmer boots. I bought some, uh, some of like first like puffy pants. So that way, like if we were hiking, I could take them off. When we got to a glassing spot, we could, you know, I could put them back on. Um, four days before I left, I bought a, a brand new pair of Vortex binoculars, you know, a little higher uh, quality than what I had. Um, so, you know, I was, I was geared up. I had my pack list. <coughs> Excuse me. You're good. Man, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a gear nut, you know, I've been, I've been collecting stuff over the past, you know, decade. Um, I had like my hunting pack was ready to go when I put it in the truck. Like I already had everything in there. Um, I, in, and because I wasn't sure of what the condition, you know, I knew it was going to be cold, but there was also going to be some days where it'd be warmer. And so just like anybody else, like I was so excited. I was like, Hey, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring this. Like, I don't know if I'm going to need it, but I'm going to bring it, you know, just in case you brought the closet. Um, I, I did. I, I really did. Um, I had, you know, all my jackets, uh, multiple pairs of pants. I had rain gear. Um, I wasn't sure what the, what the lodge would be like. So I bought like my, I brought my super heavy sleeping bag. I bought a, brought a regular sleeping bag. Uh, I was like, you know, we might do lunch out there. So I brought my jet boil. Like I just, 
you know, just covering the whole gambit. And so, um, so yeah, so basically all, I'm all that to say, I had this truck jam packed with all this stuff. And then, uh, the guy at the lodge, he's like, Hey, if y'all have an ATV that, you know, can be very ha- handy for getting around. So, um, packed up the four wheeler. Um, and I, I didn't have a trailer. I just had the four wheeler in the back of the truck, right. um, with ramps, you know, gas tanks, all that stuff. So, so that's kind of the, the leading up to it story. And, uh, and then the bad stuff kind of started happening. And, right and speaking, left, so. speaking of still being close to your dad, you borrowed your dad's truck oh, yeah. to go out there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Important yep. thing. So I, I have a company vehicle for my job and, uh, my boss said I could take it, but he was wanting me to pay the diesel and, uh, you know, it gets terrible gas mileage. It's diesel. And I just didn't, you know, I kind of felt bad putting the miles on the truck. And so, yeah, I called my dad, asked if I could take his F-150. He said, no problem. So we switched vehicles. Um, so yeah, dad's truck, um, you know, basically every piece of hunting gear that I own, uh, plus my four wheeler. And, uh, so yeah, uh, I left on a Monday uh, the Friday before I left, my wife actually actually got in a car accident. Oh no! And so, uh, of course, yeah. So, so uh, I took off work that Monday. This was be this would be the Monday before Thanksgiving, and so I'm all excited, got all my stuff packed up, take off, and of course I'm starting like getting all these calls from work, and you know they're wondering what's going on. So I'm dealing with work stuff, and then I start getting calls from the insurance company on my wife's car. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm trying to enjoy my vacation. It's my first day, and and I'm just taking phone call after phone call. Yeah, so that's how it kind of got off to a rough start from the beginning. But about uh, about three o'clock, I had all that sorted out, and was just enjoying my drive, listening to my podcast and everything. Um, and my plan was so uh, we were hunting just outside of Craig, Colorado, which is northwestern. Yeah. And so again, I'm very southeastern Oklahoma, so it's a pretty good haul. And so my plan, I left a day before I was supposed to check into the lodge and I was going to stay in Denver, you know, get one last night of good sleep and then wake up and, and continue on to the lodge. So, um, made it to Colorado Springs, ran into Walmart, you know, bought some snack. I bought snow chains cause, uh, the guy had warned us. Never know. Um, I had, bought, I had bought snow shoes for the trip because I knew there was probably gonna be snow. So I'm probably the only guy in the entire South that owned a pair of snow shoes, <laughs> uh, owned, Owned, owned past tense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So all that to say, again, just tons of stuff in the truck. So uh, I make it to Denver. I think it's about nine thirty. Pulled into a hotel, and and I I was aware that I had a bunch of expensive stuff in the truck. You know, um, I wasn't staying at some crappy you know motel whatever. Uh, I stayed at a, a La Quinta. You know, not exactly the Hilton, just a mid tier hotel. hotel. Yeah, like a. Yeah. Any other yeah. hotel you see for the most part. Yep. And it was right on the highway. And I even, I mean, I even thought about it. I was like, hey, like, I want to make this thing visible. So I actually backed into a parking spot between the hotel and the highway. You know, there's street lights, there's traffic. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, this is the safest place I can put this thing. So checked into my room. Um, I realized I'd forgotten something in my truck. So I actually ran back down to the truck at about 10 o'clock. Um, and, but all I'd taken in was like my suitcase, you know, socks and underwear, that type of stuff. Um, rifle was still in the truck, all my hunting stuff. And, and honestly didn't think, you know, two things about, you know, I made sure it was locked. Um, I did, I had several people ask me if I left the keys in the truck. I did not leave the keys in the truck. Well, I yeah, because that's me. part of the story that's crazy to me, well, which is. we'll get to. It is. Is yeah. the keys themselves on this truck 
but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll wait to get to that. But yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. So anyway, like I said, I was, you know, tucked in about 10 o'clock in the hotel, um, slept in, you know, I was, I was really in no rush. I was only, I only had about four more hours to go. Um, and so I was going to sleep in and then, you know, if I got there early, <clears throat> maybe do a little scouting, but just in no rush. And so it was probably like nine thirty. <clears throat> excuse me. It was probably about nine thirty, and, you know, pack up my stuff, <laughs> walk out the door. And that's kind of where the story gets interesting. And so I, I turned the corner and I'm just like, I know I parked right there and there's no truck. And, uh, and so I'm, I just kind of stand there for a second. I was like, I know I parked right there, but it just, the way you like, don't even want right. to, yeah, you don't even want to like think about the Process, possibility that yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Waiting for your, like, and you're almost so, waiting for your eyes to, oh, there exactly. it is. Or something like. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and so I kind of like stand there for a second and I'm like looking around. I was like, maybe like, did I park farther down? Did I not? And then it's kind of starting to sink in and I'm like, I think somebody stole the truck. Mm. And so so right off the bat i'm like all right i gotta call the police and so i turned to walk back into the hotel because it, it's cold you know it's morning and i realized i was like oh i need the license plate number so i can tell him and i i kid you not i turned around to like look at the truck to get the license plate yeah. number uh God. and uh, i was like yeah. oh wait it's not there Shit. and uh so this is where things kind of start to get really frustrating um i want to i i love police officers i i'm not a police hater um, but dealing with the Denver police department was a little, a little frustrating. And so, so my first call was to my dad because I don't, I don't know the license plate to his truck. Um, and so I called my dad and my mom answers and my oh, dad had boy. actually forgotten his phone, uh, <laughs> at the house. Of course he did. And yeah. so I was exactly. Yeah. So I tell my mom, I was like, Hey, I, I think somebody stole the truck. And she's of course like, what are you talking about? I was like, I think somebody stole the truck. Truck was here. And so. <laughs> exactly and so uh so my brother-in-law works for my dad and so i called my brother-in-law and i was like hey i really need to talk to dad and he's like oh he's in his office i was like no i, I really need to talk to dad yeah. so he goes in there and i'm like dad I, I think somebody stole your truck and he's like what do you mean i was like i it's not here and so he he stayed calm he was much calmer than i was um and so he gets the license plate number and i was you know i'm i'm trying to stay calm i was like you know i'm gonna call the police all that stuff so so hang up with him and uh and i'm, I'm in the lobby of the hotel at this point and you can see the lady behind the desk like she kind of she's picking up what's going on and uh and she's like i can tell she's a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> but anyway so i called 911 and uh you know they're like hey you know blah blah and i was like yeah my, my truck got stolen i need to report it and he's like, okay, like, what's the address? And I was like, well, I'm not sure, but I'm at the La Quinta at this road and this road. And he's like, okay, well, like, that's actually not an emergency, so I'm going to need you to call the non-emergency number. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For who? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I think it's kind of an emergency. But I was like, all right. So he gives me the number. I'm sorry this is such so a common out. thing for you, Denver. <laughs> well, he'll he'll tell you a <laughs> yeah. number here oh. in a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh so I call the non-emergency number and of course it's like a tele telemarketer type thing. So I'm like, you know, pressing two and, and waiting through the things. So I finally get to talk to a person and uh, I was like, yeah, my truck got stolen trying to report it. And they're like, okay. And so kind of, you know, ask me if you like, you know, address, you know, where is it make and model. And, uh, and then she asked, she's like, are you the registered owner of the truck? 
And I was like, no, actually, it's my dad's truck that I'm driving. And she goes, oh, well, the registered owner has to call to report it. The fuck? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I hang up again. I call my dad back and I was like, hey, they won't let me report it because it's your truck. And so he says, okay. So, so he goes and gets another cell phone. And so he calls the number on one phone. He has me on the other. And so they, you know, they would ask him a question. He'd ask me and then he'd tell them. So we go through the whole process like that. And, uh, and we're talking to him and I, I ask, I was like, Hey, like, you know, what do we need to do? And they're like, well, you know, at this point, there's kind of nothing you can do. They told me to start trying to make like a list of what was inside, um, you know, oh, try boy. to get like a serial number yeah. for the gun and stuff. And so I'm like, okay. And so we hang up and, and I had text my wife like, Hey, I think my truck got stolen, but I hadn't got to talk to her yet. And so I start to dial my wife and, uh, and I get a call from a Denver number and I was like, hold on, this, I think this is the police. And so I kind of get excited for a second. I was like, man, maybe they're onto something. And they're like, hey, is this John Hutsmith? And I was like, yes. And they're like, did you just report a vehicle stolen? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, we talked to your father, but since you're there on site, we thought we might want to talk to you too. And I was like, no kidding. And so <laughs> I go through the entire thing again for like the third time. Like they're asking oh. me the same questions that I just went over it with my dad. And of course, you know, nothing new came of that. And so, so I hang up with them and now it's kind of really starting to sink in. And I'm trying to figure out like, you know, I'm, I'm stranded this, you know, I'm at a hotel. I don't have a vehicle. I don't have any, you know, I have my one suitcase with like some socks and underwear in it. Um, and so I actually, before I called my wife back, I called my, my buddy Nathan that I was going on the trip with <coughs> and, uh, I call him and I was like, Hey, you're not going to believe this, but I'm in Denver and my truck got stolen. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, my truck is gone. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I haven't even talked to my wife. And this is kind of when like all the cool, like all the, the upside of the story, I guess, starts happening. Um, you know, the stuff is gone, but this is where people just start to come out of the woodwork to help me. And, uh, so right off the bat, um, Jasper, that's his last name, Jasper. Um, he's like, man, he's like, I'm going to come get you. And again, he's coming from Idaho. So he was going to have to drive oh, shit. past the lodge four hours to come get me. He's like, dude, he's like, I'll come get you if you want to. He's like, you just tell me. And so I'm trying to like figure it out on the fly. And I was like, man, the, like the only thing I can think of to do is to Uber to a Cabela's and like spend a whole <laughs> bunch of money and let you come get me. He's like, dude, I'll do it. Like you just tell me. And I was like, I was like, before you, you know, come all this way, I was like, let me call my wife and talk to her. So, so call my wife and she picks up and again, you know, she kind of knows what's going on, but she hasn't gotten any of the details. And as soon as she answers the phone, dude, I lose it. I, I start bawling like a baby in the hotel lobby. Um, I just, you know, again, you know, this is something I've been looking forward to for a year right. and a half. I've I, been like, yeah. I had, I had been saving up my brownie points with my wife. So like I had, I, you know, I didn't deer hunt near as much as I normally do because I knew I was going to be leaving her alone with our new baby for, you know, eight days basically. Um, and so all of that's kind of sinking in and, and, uh, but it, I mean, right off the bat, she says, John, I don't know what you need to do, but you're going on this hunt. So that made me, you know, cry even more. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, babe. I, I, I was like, I love you. I just don't know. And like, again, like I'm still like things are coming to mind as I'm talking to her. And I was like, I was like, what if I get one? 
Like, what if I shoot an elk? Like, what am I supposed to do with it if I shoot an elk? And she's like, we'll figure it out. Like, just, she's like, I want you, I, I was like, babe, I was like, I'm going to have to spend like a ton of money because I like I have no more gear. I don't have boots. I don't have a pack. I don't have a like, wind I checker. Nothing. I don't have any clothes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And she's like, John, she's like, go on this hunt. And so I, I call him down and I, I'm thinking through it. And I was like, all right, let me talk to Jasper. I'll call you back. So, so call Jasper back. And uh, he's like, man, he's like, I'll come get you. And so I was like, all right. I was like, I guess, I guess I'm going to head to Cabela's. He's like, all right. He's like, just tell me where and I'll come get you. So like, all right. So hang up with him and, and I'm starving by this point. It's probably like 11 o'clock, something like that. You know, I haven't eaten all day. And so uh, I Google like the close, the closest restaurant that I can walk to. And, uh, but real quick, I send a quick text message to some of my hunting buddies. I was like, you know, because they had all been, you know, they knew I was going on this trip. They had been asking about it. And so I was like, Hey, I'm in Denver. My truck got stolen. All my stuff is gone. Like I could use some prayers, you know, just, you know, some positive vibes, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, it's like, they're, man, that sucks. Like, let us know if we can do anything. I was like, thank you guys. So, so I take off walking. So I'm like pulling my rolling suitcase through the snow in Denver. Like headed to this, <laughs> I don't even know what restaurant it was. And, uh, and a few minutes later, my, my phone buzzes and I pulled out and it's a text from my buddy, Randy. And, uh, if you listen to my show, uh, I hunt a decent amount in West Texas with my friend, uh, Randy. And, uh, he, uh, he's an old high school buddy of mine. We're still pretty close. One of my main hunting partners. And, uh, he's like, Hey, go to this rental place. I rented you a car, go on this hunt. And so again, like I start crying <laughs> in the middle of the street. I'm like, dude, like, I can't say thank you enough. Um, man, that's amazing. And, um, so yeah, so right off the bat, I, I was like, I, I called Jasper. I was like, "Hey, uh, Randy, rented me a car. You don't have to come get me. Uh, you know, I'm gonna head to Cabela's, and then I'll meet you up there." So he's like, "All right, cool." And so, so I get to the restaurant, getting some food, and uh, then I, I get an Uber. So I'm I'm Ubering from the restaurant to the rental car place, and my phone buzzes again, and it's from Randy, and it's a confirmation number uh, at Cabela's. He's like, "Man, I got you a pack. I got you some boots." And I got you some binoculars. Dang. He's like, I want the binoculars back. He's like, you can keep the other <laughs> stuff. Okay. So again, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't know how to say thank you enough. He's like, man, he's like, I'm just trying to help you out, like get you up there faster, you know, save you some some shopping time. So I was like, all right, man. So so get there, get my car, head to Cabela's, and uh, and man, it was it was super frustrating being in, in Cabela's because. Well, for multiple reasons. One, it's like the end of the year up there, you know, like all basically you know, this I'm up there for the last hunting season of the year, basically. Right. So every coat I every coat I pick up is either like a small or a double extra large. And I am neither of those things. It's so I'm like going around to all the different brands, uh, can't find any stuff that I like. And and that's also frustrating because like I'm realizing at this point, like, you know, I'm gonna have to buy all new everything. And uh but like the stuff I'm having to buy for this trip is not necessarily stuff that I want for like, oh, yeah. you know, Moving here forward. on out. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Well, and actually um, this, this part of the story, when I was listening to, not to cut you off here, but when I was listening to your mm-hmm. show, this is the part of story, the story that I envisioned the most of your whole story. Yeah. Cause I envisioned mm-hmm. you go walking out, seeing the truck stolen, calling your dad, dealing with the cops, going to eat, 
talking to Randy, talking to Jasper, all these diff- all this whirlwind of stuff happening. Just and to me, when you get to Gabella's, if I envisioned myself in your shoes, it was the first mm-hmm. moment I had to be quiet. I was I was shopping yeah. Yeah. for you know, and it was. Mm-hmm. I feel like in that moment, I would have been a guy that sat there and said, "I'm not doing this. I want to. I was just saying. I want to go thing. home. I want to go <laughs> home, man. You know, and yes, right. I I feel like. I could have been okay up until that moment, but then when I was alone with my thoughts in Cabela's, mm-hmm. which I feel like you mm-hmm. probably were finally, mm-hmm. that's when I go, I just want to go home. I would have got the most frustrated yeah. at that point, yeah. closest to the effort. Yeah, point. yeah, uh, exactly. I, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, and and another big thing hit there too, and that's and yes, that did happen. Like I, I was definitely having second thoughts, but another thing that happened is like as I was walking around the store, I kept realizing more and more of what I lost. Right. Um, you know, because I'm seeing stuff on the shelf, like, and you know, I keep, you probably heard me use this example. This is what I've been telling everybody. Like, if you're at home listening to this, you know, imagine where you keep your hunting stuff, whether that's your garage, you know, closet, man cave, whatever. Imagine where you keep your hunting stuff and then just imagine it's all gone. Like, literally all of it. Like, uh, headlamp, you know, I didn't have a flashlight. Um, my game yeah. bags, my knives, my rangefinder, uh, socks hand warmers, um, you know, binoculars, you know, not just because at first it was all the big stuff, all the expensive stuff. I was like, oh man, you know, I lost these binoculars about four days ago and I lost mm-hmm. my rifle, it's very expensive. Right. But walking around that store, all the little stuff started yep. sinking in. You know, like I had an adapter to attach my binoculars to my tripod. You know, that was Go gone. Yeah. Uh, my, my bino harness. Um, and again, you know, I mean, every little thing. And that uh, adds up you know, real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and so it was. It and it's was that first, it's of, that first moment you have to be alone with your thoughts as you're, like you said, you're you're trying to find something that'll fit you, and mm-hmm. then you you rec- you realize I don't have a bino harness anymore. I don't have, yeah, you know this anymore. And mm-hmm. I just I feel like where I want to give you a, a good pat on the back, I guess, is I think most of most people, me included, would have walked out of that Cabela's and drove home. And said, yeah. "Babe, I know you. You know you wanted me to come on or go, go on the trip. Mm-hmm. I just want to come home and see you. You know. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and that's just me. I, I'd have probably had half the stuff in the shopping cart, got and just teed left. off, pushed yep. in the fish tank, and walked out. <laughs> yeah. And that's. I think that's yeah. just me in general. Every time we go out west, I miss my family more yeah. than I thought I would. Yeah. And when something yeah. like that would have happened, or potentially could have happened, I'd have just been like, I, yeah. I just want to come home and see you. Like, I'm." Yeah. I don't need to do this anymore, you know. Well, I can just imagine every emotion you have. I mean, you're I'm sure you're angry, you're frustrated, you're sad, you're yeah, it's all the emotions probably hit at some level. Like you said that's the first yeah. time calm time by yourself. Yeah. That's probably mm-hmm. everything's happening. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, it was it was very surreal and uh, I I ended up spending like over 2 hours I think in Cabela's uh, you know, just trying to find, I, like I couldn't find a coat that I ended up buying like a ski jacket basically, which worked out really well because it was waterproof and, and everything. But, uh, yeah, so I, um, just going through trying to figure out what I needed, what I didn't. Um, and, uh, so yeah, and it, it and again, you know, I talked about at the beginning, like I was, I'm such a gear head right. and I'm, I'm normally so, I'm normally so organized and stuff and I'm just like at ground zero and 
uh, you know, like I kept trying to get into the changing room to, to try on pants and they had one changing room for the whole store. Oh. And like every time I went over there, uh, you know, there was somebody in it. And so I'm like carrying around three pairs of pants in my cart, not know, knowing which one I'm going to get yet. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm way past like trying to make everything look fancy and cool yep. and match and stuff. Like I'm just trying to find anything, anything. that'll work. Which is so aggravating <laughs> because oh, yeah. for the listener, like imagine going hunting, spending your own money on something you really didn't want, but you had yeah. to, you know, like uh, exactly. I can because just imagine you, yeah. being in a Cabela's right now looking at a, a base layer, let's say, that's synthetic, and I don't want that, but I have to buy it because yeah. I don't have a base yeah. layer anymore or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. I don't want these pants, but I got to buy them because they mm-hmm. don't have the pants I, I would like. That's got to be frustrating exactly. because you're spending oh, your yeah. money on that. Exactly, yeah. And, and, you know, the whole time in my head, it's like, well, I'm probably just going to end up selling this when I'm done with it. You know, I don't like it. I don't know. And, you know, again, I ended up with, like, decent stuff. You know, I stayed warm. I was okay, but again, it just, it wasn't stuff that I wanted going forward. So I'm like, I'm spending money on this now, and then I'm going to get home and spend money on it again to get what I actually want. It's almost like Um, you were, I I hope you have thought of this before I say this. It's almost like you were (laughs) robbed twice because you you lost what you had, and then you had to go buy Mm -hmm. something that you really didn't want Mm -hmm. to necessarily get, but you had to. So it's almost like not only did I lose my whatever coat, now I'm spending two hundred and fifty dollars or whatever on one that I don't really yep. want. It, so mm-hmm. it's almost like you're getting double double stabbed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, for some reason they were completely out of orange beanies. You know, Colorado requires an orange head covering and a vest. Uh, I luckily still had my vest. It was in my suitcase for some reason because I, I borrowed one from a friend actually. Um. So on the so I left there, stopped by Walmart real quick to buy some you know snacks and stuff like that. Uh, that Walmart had the worst hunting section I've ever seen. Hmm. Uh, they had no orange beanies. I ended up stopping at like a Family Dollar, a Dollar General, and some kind of little like mercantile thing, just trying to find an orange beanie. Never found one. Oh, and so so it's getting late at this point. Um, you know, by the time I ate and spent two hours there and went to Walmart, I don't think I left Denver till. Um, I want to say like six, something like that and had a four hour drive. Um, so get up there, uh, meet my buddy. He comes down, uh, my, my rental car, there was no way it was going to make it up to the lodge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the lodge was at 9,000 feet actually. Okay. So, and they had gotten a, a decent snow a few days before. So my buddy comes down and gets me, we get back up to the lodge. And again, this is kind of another one of those cool moments where I got to really see like the hunting community come together. Uh, you know, my buddy Jasper, he had been there for several hours already, and he was kind of keeping everybody updated with what was going on and everything. And, uh, man, I walk in the door, and all these people that I never met just start offering me all this stuff. I mean, a guy hands me an orange beanie. He's like, hey, I, I heard you needed this. Um, another guy hands me a face mask, and you know, everybody else is like, hey, like, what do you need? Like, I have extras of this. I have extras of this. Um, so it was really, really cool. Um, and then the guy at the lodge, he actually – uh, he didn't have a tag, but he had brought his rifle. And so he, you know, again, you know, this guy's never met me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I sent him one email before I got there. <laughs> <coughs> and uh, and he hands me uh, his rifle and everything. And so most of the guys were already, uh, or some of them were already in bed. And so it's like, you know, 1030 at night. I think we were waking up at 445 the next morning. 
Uh, I'm like trying to use the bathroom light to like cut the tags off all my stuff and, you know, trying to figure out what I need to put in my pack and what I don't and all that stuff. So, so yeah, so that was, that was kind of everything getting up there and everything. Uh, I don't know how many details you want of the hunt. The hunt basically did not get any better. Um, the next morning we all take off and again, they'd gotten, they'd gotten a pretty big snow like three or four days before. And so like we were getting trucks. Yeah, we were getting trucks stuck. Um, we ended up to get to the spot where he sent me and Jasper. We had to park a mile and a half before where you would normally have to park just because mm-hmm. the snow was so thick. So we ended up doing about seven miles or something that day. And uh, about two o'clock, it, like we'd seen ahead of time, the, the guy had warned us. He's like, hey, tomorrow afternoon it's supposed to snow and snow a lot. And so, you know, we had barely gotten up there and we decided to drive back. And so, like, you know, we don't want to stay out here in the storm. So about two o'clock, we're like, hey, it's snowing pretty bad. We need to get out of here. And so we're walking out and we get almost to like the parking area and we see two other guys from the lodge. And so we're kind of talking to them and they're like, we we're like, hey, you know, we went here, you know, maybe check this out. And so we say goodbye. We go our separate ways. and We, we turn the corner and these guys had a Polaris Ranger with chains. We turned the corner and we see their razor and they were able to make it that extra mile and a half that we had to walk. Oh, dang. And so that was kind of like a big eye opening yeah. moment for us. Like we basically realized how disadvantaged we were because we didn't have an ATV. Um, so that was kind of a hard pill to swallow. And you had it. I mean, you, and I you had did it. have it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did have it. Yeah. We, we thought we were prepared. Well, and, um, and so, so yeah, for so, the listener that the hunt was horrible. But the biggest thing I wanted, because um, <laughs> yes. you touched on it in your show, and mm-hmm. I'm confused, and I know it's a thing, but yeah. so you guys had a hard time right there around the lodge, and mm-hmm. you ended up going lower, um, but then you ran into a lot of landlocked public land that was uh, locked Correct. by private. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is that legal to do this, like putting gates up as, as private? <laughs> how, how do you uh, know all apparently. that? What, what, Unfortunately. The, is it really? I'll be dinged. So, uh, I've, we actually, we had a, with a property we used to own, we had a situation kind of like that. So it was a, a dead end County road and there was three landowners that, you know, had access through this County road. And those three landowners, we bought it from a previous landowner that had done this. Um, basically, those three landowners got together and they gated off that county road at you know the, the intersection. And basically, when they did that, uh, the county no longer maintains that road. So they basically took over control. So it basically went from a county road to like their driveway. So, wow. you know, the county didn't grade it or anything like that. Um, but basically, as long as they agreed to that, the county basically let it, let them have it, you know? Um, and so that, you know, I'm kind of speaking for, you know, this situation in Colorado based on that. So all I can assume is that, so like you said, you know, we were, we were looking for places to hunt down lower because it was so snowy up top. We couldn't get around. So we went down lower. We were using Onyx to find, you know, public chunks. And so, uh, you know, we were finding all these big chunks of BLM. You know, we're talking up to, I think one of them was like 4,000 acres, something like that. You know, these are bigger chunks. Some of them were smaller, two to 300 acres. Um, but we'd be on a, a marked county road, um, you know, it showed up on the map. It would show up on Apple Maps too, like not just Onyx. 
and uh, and we'd be driving to these pieces of BLM, and then we'd get you know like one or two landowners before the BLM, and there'd be a gate across the road with signs you know saying private, do not enter. Um, and so I guess you know, like I said, kind of going back to what I know from Oklahoma, I guess just all the private landowners got together and threw up that gate and put a combination lock on it so that they had the combination and nobody else did. Um, and some, I mean, some of these, like the County road would go through the public to more private. And right. so, you know, some of these gates, you're talking about like 12 different private landowners that apparently had all gotten together to, to lock off this land. I would think if it um, went through a private or a public at some point in time, you couldn't do that just because, I mean, I know like yeah. in Missouri, you couldn't be, wouldn't be able to do that. And it makes sense if you, you know, it's a dead end road to three mm-hmm. private. Okay. You know, there's no mm-hmm. reason for someone yeah. to go. There's a reason for mm-hmm. someone to go. So, and especially if the road shows up on like GIS websites, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on X or Google on Maps X or, or Google Maps yeah. or mm-hmm. Apple Maps, like yeah. that's derived generally from mm-hmm. a GIS or a tax website of yeah. a public road. So, I mean, that would, yeah. <laughs> That would have pissed me off, yeah. and I probably would end up getting it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, I'm, I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking like seven or eight. Yeah, um, man, that's demoralizing. A lot, a lot of them, yeah. And so, you know, we're already kind of having this crappy trip. Uh, and, and the other, probably, you know, kind of frustrating part was like we know there's elk up where that lodge is. Like, you know, the you know that guy's been hanging up there for years. Um, one guy, one of the other guys staying at the lodge, he actually brought a snowmobile. And so he was able to kind of get, still get out there after a few days. And he saw a pretty nice bull. Um, the, the guy who owned the lodge, he was trying to help the people who were stuck get out. And him and one of the other guys saw a bull while they were on his four wheeler. Um, so yeah, it was frustrating on, on a lot of different levels. Um, one day we, we were trying to get to one of those pieces of BLM. It was landlocked. We went way around. We were we finally found a piece we were able to get on, and we could actually glass that piece that we had tried to get to originally, and we could see a nice bull out there in this meadow, and just we just had to watch him like we just could, we couldn't get there. So just caps so yeah, off like that a went on. crap story. <laughs> you know? It does. But the silver lining. This is why I wanted to do this show. So y'all y'all mm-hmm. both are gonna make fun of me because this is a true story, and you have not heard it yet, Andy. So I listened to your show, and I think it was the next night or maybe the night after, I keep a note in my phone of all the movies I want to see. I I enjoy watching movies. And for whatever damn reason, I have this movie called In Hell. It's got Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. (laughs) Okay? So I don't know why I had it in there, but I went and searched for it, and I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay? It's a horrible movie. I'm just going to tell everybody. But I don't start a movie and not finish it unless it's just so bad that it's it's impossible to finish. So in this movie, one of the characters is played by Lawrence Taylor, the old linebacker from the Giants, right? Uh-huh. And he said something uh-huh. in, the, in the movie, and I've got the quote right here. I wrote it down. The quote is, without evil, we would never recognize good. And it made me think of your story without pieces of crap stealing your stuff and basically ruining everything for you things the hunting community then stands up you know and you see a bunch of good that comes out of the hunting community because we 
as as podcasters and and you too, we do see a lot of bad stuff in the hunting community. People talking crap on other people, their harvests. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. You're a stupid rifle hunter. You're a stupid bow hunter. Oh my gosh! Just everybody's got an opinion about something, right? I made fun of you like three times. When? You're all upset about it. Yeah, you do it all the time. It's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, you always see this, but then things like this happen, and all the good just wells up to the top. And mm-hmm. so it was like, to me, it's a silver lining from a bad story. So, you know, we already heard about your your buddy Jasper offering to come down to, to get you, and then your buddy uh, Randy, Randy, um, Randy. renting you a car, buying you some gear. Um, talk about some of the awesome stuff that you've experienced from the, the good side of it since this this, you know, trip happened to you. Absolutely, man. It, it's been really cool. Um, yeah, I mentioned the guys at the lodge that, you know, were helping me out with gear and stuff on the trip. Uh, but yeah, since I got back, um, you know, I, I was telling you guys, I think on the Deer Camp podcast, kind of about what had happened and everything. And, and I, you know, put some stuff on Instagram. So, so it was kind of slowly getting out. And, uh, you know, watching like Andrew start to go fund me, he's uh, basically trying to, you know, get enough money to, to at least buy me my rifle um, back. That's amazing. I know you guys have been promoting on that your that on, on your page. So uh, again, thank you to y'all. Um, can't say that enough. Um, man, I've had some other companies reach out. Um, Half Rack, uh, the the owner of Half Rack, reached out to me. Uh, he sent me a goodie package. I got the the confirmation email uh, a day or two ago, and man, I was going down the list. I was like, that's going to be a big box. And uh, I know uh, somebody mentioned they had reached out to First Light. Um, about trying to get me some some clothes and some gear and everything so yeah i mean i just i can't say thank you enough um kind of like you said I, one actually one of my my hunting buddies that uh i had text he had mentioned you know wanting to start a gofundme for me and i was like man i, I just feel weird about that like it just it kind of feels weird asking people to donate their hard-earned money so that i can buy hunting gear <laughs> um yeah but uh but man having people you know go out on their own to do it it uh yeah i, I just i can't say thank you enough it's uh it's been a huge huge blessing to me and my family you know because that was the other sucky part about it like again you know a lot of this gear i had it wasn't like i just went out one day and spent you know ten thousand dollars and bought a whole bunch of hunting stuff you know uh-huh. i'd you know i'd buy the coat one year and i'd buy the bibs the next year that type of thing yep. you know built it up over time and so I was really struggling mentally with like, because, you know, hunting is my passion. Like, you know, it's not like I'm going to stop hunting. And I was like, for me to go out and replace all this stuff that I lost so that I can still go do what I love, like, I'm going to have to take that money from my family, you know, yeah. my baby girl and my wife, like they're going to have to sacrifice so that I can get the stuff I need to go do what I love. And so I was really, really struggling with that. Um, so yeah, to have, to have people reach out and offer to help, uh, yeah, I, I just can't tell y'all what. Well, it and that's to me. that's what's been really cool for me to watch. You know, sitting back and watch is you know a lot of hunters. I'm I'm not speaking for everybody, but at least a guy like you, you don't want to. You're not going to ask for help. But it's mm-hmm. cool to see people just say, "Well, I don't care if you don't want the help. I'm going <laughs> to help you." Mm-hmm. And you know, like yeah. one, another one is a shout out to Andrew and Paul with the O2 podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Andrew called me and said, hey, you know, for the listener, 
John had it saved up for a long time and bought a Christensen Ridgeline rifle. That's a that's a nice rifle. You know, he he spent years getting that rifle, you know, put together or whatever. And, you know, Paul approached and he's like, dude, I'd love to be able to get him that back. Just like that one thing. And he's like, I'm going to start a GoFundMe because he won't let me otherwise. And I think he even asked me, I could be getting this wrong, but I think he even asked me, I'm going to call John. I said, I wouldn't even tell him you're doing it because he'll tell you, <laughs> he'll tell you not to, you know, because you, you know, you're not going to ask for the help. So that's, what's been really cool for me to watch is the hunting community has been behind um, somebody when they go through a hard time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So um, I just kind of wanted to talk about the silver lining through negative. Um, Andy's throwing yeah. all of our coasters at Micah, <laughs> who just walked in the door. But um, sorry. So, you know, yeah. it's been pretty cool. Man. I mean, and a uh, shout out to Half Rack, by the way, um, for doing that mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, and like, we, we put that video out on our social media and a gob a lot of our listeners who might not listen to you i don't know they might went, they do. went and donated to the the gofundme uh to help you and i, I haven't checked it today or the last couple of days but like thanks to everybody who is who has put in for that i mean i know at one point we were over halfway there and his andrew's goal was two thousand dollars and this show is not to ask people to keep doing it but that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome within a few days i mean if you want to it's in our it's in mm-hmm. our link on our bio so go find it but um in a few days you know you we had already almost raised all the money for you to be able to replace your rifle now you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about taking that money out of your daughter's mouth your wife you know you can rest a little easier that sort of stuff so um it's been pretty cool yeah. to see you know the hunting community i guess wrap their arms around you a little bit and you're not the mm-hmm. only one that's ever had bad things happen but I'm sure every hunter out there that's had horrible things happen have seen people come out of the woodwork that they didn't realize cared about them. Yeah. You know, do something for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I may, I, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing, just kind of about, you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crappy people out there in the world. Um, but there, man, there are a lot of good ones. And uh, I've come to realize that through this process, you know, I've all, all in the matter of, you know, a few hours, I've seen the worst of humankind and I've seen the best of humankind. Um, <clears throat> so that's really cool. And then I had another experience. It was, a, uh, I think it was the last night I was at the lodge. Um, my, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm not, not getting emotional. I actually just had a bad cold. Blast <laughs> that's all right, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, it was the last night I was at the lodge and, um, I didn't have very good cell service. So even just like talking to my wife it was, was tough, which was hard because I was, you know, going through a lot. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I uh, had plugged my phone in and I checked it and I had a, a text from her and uh, her boss's dad. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but he he was essentially fighting for his life. Um, he was having some heart issues. Um, they had already tried two or three different things. Nothing was working. I mean, he was essentially on, you know, death's doorstep. Uh, and you know, she was asking me to, to just, you know, pray for him and, and just kind of keeping me in the loop and everything. And I lay there in my bed after just losing all this stuff. And I just thought, man, how lucky am I? Um, you know, this terrible thing just happened to me, but like, it's just stuff, you know, um, there is so much more important things in life. 
and and yes this sucks but like like in no way does this affect my health or you know affect me getting to go home and see my daughter um and so it was it was a it was a big gut check um and my brother even kind of mentioned it to me kind of like a you know don't let this get you down but also you know learn from it um and so one thing i learned is like you know you never stay in denver again you... <laughs> yeah that's that's a big part and yeah i'll get there never stay in denver um but uh but yeah just just keep in mind what's important in life you know hunting is fun hunting's great um but there are definitely more important things so yeah that's awesome yeah. man well um like mm-hmm. i said i mean it was just weird because i listened to your show and i didn't have any plans to ask you to come on but then, no joke, I watched this crappy John claude Van Damme movie <laughs> and hear that quote, like I said, without evil, we would never recognize good. And it just, yeah. like, it hit me. I'm like, Lawrence Taylor with another good tackle, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see if John wants to come on and talk about this short. Lawrence Taylor was on that in that movie. That's who said it. You'll have, I'll tell you about it later. But uh, <coughs> Mike is here. Mike so is sitting here now. He just walked into the, yeah. the studio an hour and 15 minutes later. But... um <laughs> Who's late now? <laughs> so, like, it, it just kind of made me – I almost felt like I needed to call you and, or, and ask you, hey, do you want to come on and talk about this with us? So, um, before we uh, hop off on the show, why don't you give the listener real quick a, um, a rundown of how they can, you know, check you guys out over in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, uh, real quick before I do that, do yep. I have time to tell yes. uh, about the truck? We, we said, mentioned I, oh, yeah, you, yeah, 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 yes. You're cutting uh, the yeah. guy off. Oh, my gosh, why did, I forgot about that, so, yeah. So, first off, the truck has been recovered, which is a huge blessing. So, my dad got his truck back. Um, so, I, I had already come home. I flew home, and then it was the next week I got a call. They had found the truck. Um, so, I flew back to Denver and then drove it home. And... Uh, so first off, like these people, they wanted nothing to do with the truck. Like they did not steal this truck for parts or anything like that. They were simply after what was inside. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, that's kind of how this went down. Like these guys, like this was not some crackhead, you know, breaking a window. Like these guys were professionals. And so so it was a, a 2018 Ford F-150 and it has the um, the key fob. So like it doesn't even have no a key. physical key. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the electronic key. And so what they did was they bit up the driver's side door handle and uh, somehow were able to basically get the door, you know, pick the lock or work the mechanism or something to get the door open. They unlocked the door. Then they went around to the passenger side and that's where the fuse box is. And I thought they had pulled the fuse. Turns out they actually pulled the fuse box out and, you know, there's like an inch thick, deal of wires back there they knew which wire to cut to kill the gps so that you could not track the vehicle um they then we we think this part uh we we know all that stuff we think what they did then was they basically had a computer that they could plug into the diagnostic system like where you'd go to check a code you know if the truck throws a code and they had a computer that would basically override the system to where they could start it and drive it off and so there's a very good chance one of these guys works at Ford, uh, you know, to have that type of mm-hmm. knowledge, one, one knowledge and two, the technology to do that. Um, but yeah, so they, they basically, they didn't take it very far. It was still like in the same city or whatever. They basically just drove it off a, a little ways where they had another vehicle waiting, threw all the stuff in and then just left the truck. 
That's what's crazy is you got your spotting scope back and a few other small things. Why they didn't just Mm -hmm. clean out the entire truck and who cares, you know, if it wasn't worth (laughs) anything is beyond me. Yeah, I I, kind of joke. I think they literally ran out of room. I think they had already stolen so much of my stuff that they didn't have any way. So, uh, like, I had borrowed one of my in-laws' coolers because my Yeti wasn't big enough to fit a whole elk. They stole my Yeti, but they left their old crappy igloo um they uh yeah they took most of my bags but they left my hunting pack which is the most expensive bag but I, you know it was kind of in the center and so i think they had already basically filled up all their stuff um i had two gas cans in the back they stole one and they left one <laughs> and so yeah i don't know there's yeah i, I don't know it's it's crazy that, that is crazy why yeah, people do the things they do just yeah yeah, yeah. And then you also, you you talked about the crazy number. Um, so I you know after the truck was stolen, I was having to take Ubers everywhere for a while, and uh, and I was talking to this guy and telling him, and uh, he he told me that Denver is averaging eighty six car thefts a day. What right now? Yeah, chimney Christmas. Yeah. That's I mean he said that uh, he said they're just they're not punishing anybody for you know the wrongdoings, and so. Um, yeah, he said crimes just just going through the roof. Yeah, that sounds great. Me and Andy actually stayed in Denver. Oh, Was it? Boy. Did we actually stay in Denver when we had your truck troubles? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, when we went out a couple years ago, me, Andy, and his dad. Uh, mm-hmm. After long story, they weren't able to go, so we went back a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. and he had truck troubles, so our 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 trip got cut short, and we stayed at a hotel in Denver. And uh, we didn't really have – the truck didn't look like it was there to hunt. We didn't have a four-wheeler. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we had a bunch of stuff strapped in the back. We had but... stuff strapped down in the back, I guess. But uh, luckily, yeah. we, we were fine. <laughs> but right. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's not funny to joke about it, but at that point in time, I'd have gave him the keys. Yeah, that truck. Also yeah, you were, off at that let, let him try to drive the bastard yeah, away. They could have tried. It would have limped twelve miles an hour. We had deaf issues yeah. and it started going to limp mode. Yeah, and so yeah. like we could only go so fast. But I know it's not. Yeah, it had been it had been kind of funny to watch yeah. him steal it and then just like drive twenty miles an hour yeah. as you're walking next to them. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. can I get that back? Can I get and that back, please? I, <laughs> I heard some crazy stories. You know, people like people have heard this and reached out, and a couple of them were from, like I said, my Uber drivers. I heard one story, this guy, he had a Jeep and somebody stole his Jeep in Denver. And like two months later, like he was just driving around and he saw his Jeep in a driveway and he's like, that's my Jeep. And so he went, he still had his keys at home. He went home and got one of his buddies and they went back and, you know, like hit the button on the key and sure enough, you know, it lit up. (laughs) So he called, he called the police and he's like, Hey, like, you know, I reported this Jeep stolen. I found it. Like it's in these people's driveway. The police came and, uh, the guy was like, all right, like, you know, I got my Jeep, but like, what about the people that stole it? And he said, the cops just kind of shrugged and they're like, Hey, like you got your car back. Like, isn't that good enough? And like, like they wouldn't even knock on the door and like check the people whose house it was in the driveway. Of. Yeah. They were just like, that's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before, like I said, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can, where they yep. can catch you guys. Yeah. So Oklahoma Outdoors podcast, um, it's available on individual feed or on the amazing Sportsman's Empire Network. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Don't really do much with Facebook, uh, but you can check me out at uh, OK Outdoors podcast, I believe. And uh, yeah, episode every Monday. 
and that's about all I got, man. Uh, it's cool. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thank you guys for what you've done, helping just spread the word and everything. And uh, man, I'd love to come on and talk about something, you know, maybe a little more happier, fun, like yeah. deer or, or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe, so. some, Absolutely, maybe some hog yeah. hunting, like a, a hog. Podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, man. I I can talk about that for a while. Awesome, so. buddy. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time tonight, and everybody, um, you know, send well wishes John's way. He's he's uh, back on his feet, and people are really, you know, stepping up. And you know, if you feel called to, um, you know, there is a GoFundMe for him. Uh, it's it. You can find it different ways, but if you just go to our Instagram or Facebook, it's in our links. Um, you can go and, and donate to it and help John get some of his stuff back. If not, just send well wishes his way. Uh, shoot him a message on social media or just, you know, think about him. But, um, you know, the dude lost a lot. Um, you know, you I can I can only imagine my, my closet full of stuff just being empty. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, it would suck, and, and uh, luckily – there is a silver lining to every bad story, so uh, we wish you the best. And if that's all you got, we'll end this show. Check out, guys. It's on our page, ain't said, but that GoFundMe. Uh, John, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to get my PayPal right now to send you a little bit to help towards that gun on that, <laughs> on that deal. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been on my phone. Uh, my wife that. has hijacked my PayPal account conveniently enough. Convenient, oh, isn't that? So she changed <laughs> the dangerous. phone. She changed the phone number to her phone number, so I can't get my code that's to get dangerous. in. That's dangerous. But, uh, man, good luck with it. Hopefully we get you back. Mm -hmm. I have to ask this because I like guns. What caliber was your, your 300 gun? 300 Win Mag. 300 Win Mag, yeah. I won't hold it against you. Well, he was hunting an elk, remember. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a 7 Mag. And what a – uh, gotcha. I was about to ask what I should have been shooting. <laughs> yeah. 7 Mag is what he would say. Yeah. Same damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I just got a bunch of people like, no, it's not. You're right. Uh, They're listening. <laughs> anyway, well, John, uh, appreciate you coming on, and uh, have a good night, man. Yep. Thank you, guys.